Hey there, I'm Hank Brainerd. And I'm Nathan Black. And you're listening to Pollute Brain TV! Woo! It's the audio version. Uh, it's new. I hope you like it. Um, this was originally posted on our YouTube channel as a video podcast, uh, and you should go check that out. Check the link in the description. And if you're interested, you should definitely check out our website, pollutebrain.com. Dot our, com. Dot com. That's commercial. And our Twitter and our Instagram, which we both have, you know, pictures and, and we say words and stuff. So many words, and they're great. And if you want words with us, if you want to do the words with us, you can do our Discord and we're, we're on there. You can interact with us. You, you can, can talk to us. Wh- yeah. What do you want us to talk about? We, I mean, come on. Or wh- what should we listen to? What, what's good? Wh- yeah, what's in the hood, bro? Or just send us memes. Anything's fine. Yeah, just anything. Four mad scientists to penetrate the world wide web created the cyber necro emancipator. But then something went wrong. Terribly wrong. The system is overloading. They'd be trapped in cyberspace forever. Welcome, Pollute Brain TV, Season 2, Episode 2. Today we're talking about two things. We're talking about Paris is Burning, which is a nice... Nothing burns in this movie. Nothing does. Yeah. Very misleading title. It's a documentary from the 1980s about uh, the drag ball scene in New York City. Well, it is also not a sequel to Paris, Texas. It is not. No, sadly. Um, but we're also going to be talking about Oscar nominations and our predictions because I guess we're just fucking sellouts now. Uh, Complete sellouts. But first, two announcements for you guys. Uh, this episode, as with the last one, is available on Spotify and on SoundCloud in the audio format. So if you like that kind of thing, if you prefer audio podcasts, check it out. Uh, it's also on Chatterbait.com and LiveLeak. And Pornhub. Uh, and what else do we got for them, Nathan? We have, for anyone that wants to talk, check out our Discord. We have a Discord. You can send us whatever you want. Just, you know, we're, ra- we're random, average people. You can send us whatever you want. You can put your own spin on the show. Yeah, man. Uh, Tell uh, us about your dying mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you please go. do. We're here we're for therapy. you. Seriously, recommend us, uh, recommend us movies to talk about. Uh, recommend... Albums that we listen to, uh, send us memes, anything you want to do. We are there. We are there for you. Uh, Enjoying it. And we're there for us as well. You know, send Elvo pictures. I don't care. He doesn't. I don't judge. I kind of care. It doesn't bother me. Even a little bit. I know what you do with those Elvo pics. I'm making a suit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it. Boom. Paris is burning, guys. Paris is burning. It was great. Great. I liked it. I was a little disappointed by the lack of Paris burning. You know, it's um, very misleading title. I'm a very big fan of watching French cities burn down. So on that, I think I had more of a problem with the gay people in it. But (laughs) oh no, I'm fine with that. I just wanted to see Paris burn down. It's true. That would have been a good climax to that that film. But no, it was it was an absolute like this is this this documentary. A lot of documentaries, you kind of know the topic beforehand, and you have like an understanding of it or a basic understanding of it. Like with the Firefest doc, we all knew about Firefest. I had no idea this world existed, mm. like in New York, and I had never seen this uh, this drag scene. Um, I never even knew it existed. And do you want to give us some information? on Yeah, that? I mean, so what it is is a very deep dive into this drag scene because it's a lot of gay Latino and Black people, gay and transgender people in the in New York in the 1980s. And it's a culture that had been around since the 60s. It had, it had been flourishing, you know? And it, what it was, it was kind of an escape for these people who were poor, maybe living on the streets, uh, 
a lot of them were working as prostitutes or as drug dealers or but this was their escape this was what they did in the weekends to have fun and where they could kind of be themselves and they would rent out these ballrooms and just do these big crazy great events where it was competitions where you dress up in drag or you dress up in a themed outfit and you have judges judge you on that and all of your friends are there and it's just really it's fascinating because the movie was shot over six years uh, in the 1980s and it just is a really great look into the culture and it's so specific it has that doc- uh, the quality that a lot of great documentaries have that it's just that specific you know mm-hmm. for sure they um it's it's done really well to where you you're getting the the uh you're getting a lot of scenes from the ball and you're also getting a lot of the people that are involved in that ball outside of it and um you get a look into the, what their lives are like and why they're doing it and why they're so attracted to doing this ball and why they love they love doing it. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a really just great... There are so many different perspectives in this documentary that are given to you. Because um, it's a series of just great interviews mixed yeah. with great footage of the balls and of the streets, and it's just really well put together. Uh, and it does a really good job of... There's no narration, nothing like that. Uh, and it just stitches together this narrative of the culture. And of the problems surrounding and of, you know, all the all of what these people are going through. And it just is it's really a celebration of these balls. It, it, it's it's great. So we were talking last week about the Firefest documentaries. and we We're talking about a lot of the problems with modern documentary filmmaking. And I think this is a great example of the way documentaries should be made of this kind right. of style of filmmaking. That's, you know, it's gone out of fashion recently. Yeah. And there, there wasn't like any intent to. To, to develop a narrative from the get-go. And you can tell that that was kind of the clue. Even when they, they started filming, um, Jenny started filming this as like a student film. That's what she said initially, yeah. right? She, she was just kind of, she started with footage that was not intended at all to be in a doc, at least from what she said, was not intended to end up being a documentary. So it was something that, it was a glimpse that was had, and then, oh, there's something here, and let's document this, yeah. rather than being like, let's just try to, let's try to put something together to like fit this. It was like actually in the mix when they filmed it. I really liked how all the characters in the story, they were the ones telling it. We didn't have to have any narrator who was going through like explaining it to everybody. Um, Which you get a lot of in a lot of the modern documentaries is usually have the person, the perspective, the straight man to it. And it's just, it gets in it's the way. It's not needed, and this it, is proof of yeah. that. That is yeah. not a needed thing. Whenever they expanded, um, whenever any of the the, um, the characters in this, whenever they expanded on um, on what they thought about that world and stuff, it was always from their, their eyes. It was mm-hmm. never from an external point of view. Right, there's a great sense of objectivity to this, which yeah. is remarkable. It's, it's induction rather than deduction, because so many documentaries now work on the basis of deduction, of taking in, of going in with, a hypothesis and going in with yeah. an idea about yeah. what it's about. Uh, but no, like you said, this is just, it, it gathered everything it could and then stitched it together. And that's I, the way it should be done, I think. It's, it's funny how some of the most like insightful documentaries, I feel like, come out of like a completely non-academic space, like yeah. our approach to it. Because um, I, I just, I always think of that like pompous academic being like, we need to go in there and uh, you find their right. cells and study them and understand them you know and it's like right. it's always a very strange you know attitude to yeah have. there's no white man carrying a clipboard around yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah they've it's always got good. a clipboard they don't really use it but it'll be there yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can talk about the fact that in a, the director is white and not a part of the scene but again it's when it is documentary filmmaking the director is not in charge 
Um, There's a great old saying, I think it's Alfred Hitchcock, where in narrative filmmaking, the director is God. In documentary filmmaking, God is the director. And this is that. I mean, a little Hitchcock. Alfred Alfred Hitchcock, (laughs) say what you want about him. He knows a thing or two about making movies. (laughs) Do I just look like a fucking idiot bringing up a Hitchcock <laughs> quote? <laughs> but I, so I, I like how much we talk about documentaries on the show and we can compare this to a lot of the other ones we talked about. Like, cause it, uh, we had our episode on decline of Western civilization, which I think is, was made very much like this. Right. For sure. And the key with both of these movies is it's about a subculture and it was made with an accepting eye. It would, there's no judgment passed on these groups. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a celebration of it, but even so it's just, it's the people talking for themselves and showing you what they have to offer. And you still get into the nitty gritty of it, you know. And other, you nothing's no. really glamorized or like brought up in a way that's, you know, inappropriate. It does. I mean, there's a lot of there's there's. A, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I mean, the subjects are honest. I think is what you're trying to say. Yes, like, they're honest. Their brains fried. <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all tired today. Yeah, we just got done voguing out of the railroad <laughs> yeah. uh, tracks, and it was we should have done that cold. last. It was like. It's like 30 degrees out there, 20 degrees. Yeah. For anyone that lives up north, I know that's nothing. But I didn't know I could Vogue. I guess I can Vogue. Yeah, you can't right. can Vogue. I'm telling you. Well, that brings up something interesting, which is the impact that this documentary had, where it, this was a huge deal. And you can see it through the rise of yeah. Willie Ninja, who then became a major dancer, yeah. a major figure, because of this documentary. And you see a glimpse of that at the end, because the uh, this movie does a really great thing, where at the end it's... It's almost like it's years later than most of what else was filmed, and it's uh, kind of a reflection back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get Wally Ninja after having been in music videos and doing all this talk about yeah. where this culture has gone. Mm-hmm. But then you also you get the bad. You get um, one of the stars of it was killed, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the people who are in this movie have since died of AIDS-related illnesses, yeah. and it's there's tragedy, but it's mm-hmm. just... I don't know. It's interesting. I've never seen a documentary do that. It's interesting to see people come out of it, uh, coming out of that world completely successful. And some people just, you know, just left from time. And that's, that was really, that's really something that um, I feel like that, that's a benefit to having that time lapse in a documentary is because you're really going to get something that couldn't be made, you know, right there. You know, it's like the old saying goes, they couldn't make Paris's burning nowadays because everybody would just say, Wait a minute, this is Paris is Burning. This came out in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Colin made the same exact joke about Blazing Saddles not two minutes before we hit record. I want you to know. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about the documentary was there was that one guy that um, was talking about some people steal their clothing and some people actually afford it. And he said, you can tell when somebody stole their clothing. Yeah. As opposed to... Um, but there, there's a lot of really interesting... Uh, just dialogue that happens between the characters about um about the state of fashion at that time and what it meant to have status and yeah. what it meant to you know well it's a little bit of a commentary on you know new york or on the 80s sense of fashion and yeah. of uh, that kind of mass consumerism and all these designer clothes you know and it's it's interesting because it's uh, the balls in a way are a commentary on that culture because mm-hmm. it's right. these people who are not a part of it acting like they are uh and Part of part of it is that they want to be like that, but yeah. they, it's there's also a little bit of a critique critique there somewhere. I think. I mean, yeah, and the, but it was interesting to see that because you can tell that I feel like some of the sense of the characters was that there was an element of like, "fuck you guys" sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, a lot of them, some of them, th- there was somebody who even said, "This isn't satire. This mm-hmm. isn't. 
ironic. This isn't that. And I thought it was funny that there almost felt like there was a conflicting. Everyone had a reason of being there, but it was also everyone still was very individual about their thoughts and and um, approach to it. It's it's really interesting. It's just such a well made documentary. Yeah. So many threads like that, and it, it it takes all these street footage from New York in the eighties too. That's yeah. It contextualizes it really well. I think. Sure. I think that was my favorite part was watching all the just raw footage of the streets in the eighties, uh-huh. and just seeing like life from a like yeah, yeah. from a bottom up point of view. I thought that was just remarkable. It's like it's like why I really enjoyed those. Um, there was a YouTube video that I recommended recently. That's you guys have probably seen. It. It's oh like the yeah, eighties mix, like eighties gas station. Yeah, in outside Orlando. of uh, Orlando. It's just people. Disney it's just people in a gas station talking yeah. in the eighties. Just and like out. somebody's just filming, and it's like it's strange because, um, it's just just even that time frame in the culture there is like what? It's just a weird record of the time. Yeah, yeah that that brings me to something we were discussing earlier: mm-hmm. so genuinity, something that. I think is sorely lacking and that yes yeah. has sort of we've, there's sort of weird vehicles for it um it's recently documentary film a, a lot of them it's been pivoting towards sincerity right and which is different than genuinity I oh think. yeah and so one of the things we've been seeing recently as we're all aware is little debbies <laughs> on twitter you know this talk, is your fucking segue talking <laughs> about I was so waiting. Got it. Uh, what other talking points do we got? <laughs> We're sorry about this episode, guys. Um, oh, uh, interesting little fact, and this could even be a segue. Uh, this movie was not nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary, and because it was not nominated, that was kind of a controversy. So apparently the nominating process changed for the Academy Award for Documentary. Wow. Was I just, <laughs> just yawned right there. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really. That's, that's all the reaction that deserved. I'm really curious uh, what the nominating process was that had to be changed. You know, I did not. I did not research that deeply. I'm sorry. Um, but hey, the Oscars are coming up. So I have a list here of all the nominations, and uh, I will list them out, and. We all we have thirty seconds to make an official clue seconds. brain prediction. Uh, I'm gonna start down at the bottom here. Uh, where, where do I want to? Should I do the technical shit? No, I'll do. All right. All right. I'm gonna get the timer. Ow! I'm gonna get the timer out. Get the timer out. He's got the timer. Okay, hold on. Jesus. Come on, come on, Colin. I'm come trying. On. This is a massive production we're doing right now. See, it's all an allegory. This is about how painful it is to be in the closet. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta stretch. You gotta let it. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta let it loose. Just stopwatch. It'll, it'll be easier. No, this is actually gonna be easier because I can lap it. Okay. All, All right, ready? guys. All right. Here we go. Production design: Black Panther, First Man, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, Roma. Uh, Roma. Roma. You yeah. think so? For production design. Yes. Or actually, no, no, no. I meant The Favorite. It's a period piece and it has white people. That's true. Um, I would true. say I would like. And to say the Black other Panther. productions were marginally more difficult. I'm gonna say Black Panther as well. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying think, the favorite. Because I think Black Panther is not going to really get anything else. I think that... I don't think it's going to get anything at all. You Really? No. I mean... If there was anything I liked about that movie, it was, I guess, the costume design and like, right. the sets and stuff. And it's nothing about the quality of the movie. It's just that, oh, we got to move on. We got to move on. All right, guys. Uh, f- okay, let's go. <laughs> Film editing. Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody. Green Book. The favorite. Vice. 
I okay. hate Bohemian Rhapsody. Wait, 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 wait. Go. <laughs> I really hate to say it, but I think Vice is going to win this Bohemian one. Bohemian Rhapsody. Is this uh, sound editing? So, film editing. Film editing, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win. Really? Why? Um, because it has music in it, and they change your perspective when they turn on the music, and old white people think that's fascinating. I was going to say Vice for kind of the same reason, where Vice is just kind of, it's flashy a little bit in its editing. Yeah. Because that's the problem, is most people don't really pay attention to editing. Right. It's the kind of thing where You're it's not like, supposed you don't notice, to notice it unless it's bad. Okay, right. and we got to move on. And we got to move on. Okay. Um, best foreign language film. Capernaum from Lebanon. Cold War from Poland. Never Look Away from Germany. Roma from Mexico. And Shoplifters from Japan. Uh, Roma. You think? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I've seen, the thing so. the thing a lot of people don't realize about the Oscars is they're not required to watch anything. No, they really aren't. They're going to go, well, Roma's important, right? It's the only one that anyone's going to have seen. Yeah. I would I would normally go for Shoplifters because that won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. But uh, It could be Shoplifters because I know people saw that one. Yes. It's one of five foreign films everyone but saw. But I'm really sorry. And none of the five are in I'm here. I'm really sorry. What are the other ones? Uh, Cold War. Cold War might actually win it. Cold, Cold War, War does have a big a push for it to be I, Best really Picture. And we're out of time. And we got to go. Oh, shit. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Best Documentary Feature. Free Solo, Hale County This Morning, This Evening, Minding the Gap of Fathers and Sons, RBG. RBG. You think so? Absolutely. I haven't seen I, any of these. I think it's going to be Free Solo. I, I haven't seen any of these Oh, either. it is going to be Free yeah. Solo because it's Man on Wire, but he's climbing I think Free Solo, yeah. too, yeah. just because I had... Um, we mentioned this last week. It was playing at the fucking Belcourt yeah, for yeah. six of, months. I've had a lot of people recommend that movie. Oh, so yeah, I mean... I could also see it being RBG. Just it's also it's white people doing dangerous you know. stuff, which is... <laughs> yeah, and we're out of time. Out of time. we got to go. Cinematography. Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, A Star is Born. Um, Roma. I want it to be Roma. I think it might, I could see it being The Favorite. Just because, again, was, I was going to say The Favorite, too. I that's another one where it calls attention to itself. That is true. Um, I'm going to say Roma, though, because it's black and white, and yeah. the other ones weren't. Roma's deserving, though. I mean, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm going to be snarky about these, but oh, I'm not, yeah. I, this isn't about the quality of the movie. This I'm going the, solely what are they Again, because the Oscars anymore. are not about the sure. quality, we want to say. Right. And you haven't seen Roma either. I have not seen most of these movies. Okay, and go. All right. Uh, original screenplay. The favorite. First performed. Green Book. Roma. Vice. Uh, let's see. The favorite. I think you're right. Because it's got to win something. It's a period piece with Emma Stone in yeah, it. It's going to win something. something. I almost want to say Green Book, but there's the whole controversy about the writer. Right. But the thing is, the Oscars this year, they've shown us they're going to bow to everything we want. And so they know people don't want Green Book to win anything. So it's not going to win anything. But it, the voting was already done before the controversy, really. That is true. That is true. But yeah, it was uh, we're out of time. Adapted screenplay, screenplay. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman. Uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born. Um, I'm going to say either Beale Street or A Star yeah, Is Born. Yeah, I was going to say Beale Street. But I'd say Beale Street or Buster well, No, Buster Scruggs doesn't have a chance. Never no, Buster Scruggs yeah. won't. Because they've already won before, so they're going to say, ah, they've already got one. We never um, got to talk about that movie, but we loved that movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we got to talk about who's going to win, though. We have five seconds. Win. Uh, uh, Beale Street. Beale Street. Fuck it. Uh, Last time we came in with good time. Yes. All right. Animated feature. Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, We can Mirai, stop right there. You've already read Ralph, the Disney one, so it's going to be Incredibles 2. <laughs> Ralph breaks the internet, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, here, here's the, the Spider-Verse has a Spider chance, I think. No, I think it has a strong chance. No chance. I think it absolutely really? does. They didn't see Spider-Verse. That's true. They didn't watch well, it. Well, no, I, they went, that was a success. Oh, that was a commercial success. Well, it was. Success. It was a great yeah. movie, but they didn't. did they watch it? My question is, is it not I think they would have watched it. They watched The Incredibles 2. We know that. But did they watch Spider-Verse? I'll make it clear that I like The Incredibles 2 a lot. Yeah, I liked it too. But So it's going to win because it's Disney Pixar. You know, it's. And we gotta move on. Uh, director, Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Pa Powell Pavlo 
Pavel, Pavla, I'm not even going to say it, for Cold War. Yorgos Lanthimos. Pavlowinski. Yorgos Lanthimos for the favorite. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. And Adam McKay for Vice. It's not going to be Adam McKay. Um, I'm yeah. going to say Spike Lee because they want to give him something. I'm saying Alfonso Cuaron. I don't think they'll, yeah, I don't think. I think I that's going like to be the one where they give him an Oscar break because he's going to win a bunch of Oscars this year. Alfonso is. But I, I think this is going to be where they throw but, out. Because uh, I could see if Roma doesn't win Best Picture, this is where it could win. But it's going to win Best Picture. Okay, we gotta move on. Okay, supporting actress Amy Adams in Vice, Marina Del Tavira in Roma, Regina King in If Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone in The Favorite, and Rachel Weisz in The Favorite. It will not be Emma Stone. It will not be Rachel Weisz. I um, would like for Emma Stone to win it, but she will not. She's already. I think she's one of those actors. She's going to win one Oscar, and she's. They're going to. I think it's going to be one of them from The Favorite. I really, I don't. I feel like it is. I'm going to say Beale Street. No, I'm going to say I'm, no. I'm going to say Roma. I don't think Beale Street has any. Oh, it's not going to be for Roma. That's a very so? small part. That's oh, really? yeah. yeah, it's uh, that's the least chance I think. I am yeah, we gotta move on. Uh, supporting actor Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver and Black Klansman, Sam Elliott and The Star Is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, Sam Rockwell for Vice. I think this is gonna be Richard E. Grant. Interesting, because I, I think a lot of momentum. I'm gonna say that. Um, I think Adam Driver has a small chance. Mahershala Ali also has a chance. Yeah. Sam Elliott lost his chance. He's, he's sorry, but he would have won an Oscar by now, and I don't think A Star Is Born was like the role where he would have won an Oscar. But you didn't see A Star Is Born. I, did. I think he would have won an Oscar I, for this. I didn't. <laughs> but you were a holdout. You oh, didn't see it because of a bit. <laughs> and we're out of time. The lead actress Yalitza Arapiso for Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born, Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me. This is easy, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. It's going to be Glenn Close. It's going to be Lady Gaga because she's nice Madonna. It's gonna be it's gonna be Glenn Close because Lady Gaga. A Star Is Born has lost all momentum that it ever had, and it's not. There's <laughs> okay, no. Yeah, but she's gonna be singing the song live, and everybody's gonna be tweeting about it because it's all about the tweets. What are people gonna tweet about? I, I think it's gonna be Glenn Close. The problem is I think that it's a, they it's have a legacy thing. I'm right on. Lead actor Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. I would say Dafoe. Willem or Rami. It's Rami. I I don't think Willem has a chance. I'm surprised you yeah, said that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. See I don't it. know. I read I read something in an airport magazine about him talking about the film, so I thought I don't know. It looked cool. Uh, I'm gonna say Rami is the safest bet. Yeah, because this is gonna, gonna be gonna the safest Oscars we've seen. Willem Dafoe's won before. Right? Yeah. I would like for Bradley Cooper to win this out of anyone in this category. And we have and we out of time. All right, so we're not gonna time the best picture. Uh, let, let's just talk about the best picture nominations because I think we oh, can actually get discussion out of that. Yeah. Uh, so the nominations are Black Panther. Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Green Book, uh, Favorite, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. And Shrek Retold. My official prediction, official prediction, my official prediction is Bohemian Rhapsody. And I really oh, am sad about I that. I want that to happen. Yeah. So Not because I, I haven't seen it, but it's just the, the sheer like shit of Bohemian Rhapsody. Just That's how hard. bad it was. Fuck. Well, I didn't see it, and I can't say how. I can't talk to the quality of it. I saw, I saw, I've but seen most the of it. I got, I got enough people to warn me. About the outrage of a musical biopic winning Best Picture, you know, would directed be, yeah. by a serial Pedophiles. sex abuser. It would be a pretty, pretty magical moment right there. It would, just, it, would just be, it would just be the perfect, like, it would, that's like the most Oscars move they can make. I think to talk about, we got to talk about what I think a lot of people don't understand is the way that Best Picture is awarded, in which it's not, you don't vote for one movie. You list your choices in order. And so basically what happens is you're given that ballot, you list your choices, and when they're counting the ballots, all right, you look at the one that has the least amount of votes and you remove it. So all of the votes that would have gone to that then go to 
the common second choice, and it just kind of keeps going on from that. Mm. So that's why movies like The Shape of Water and Spotlight end up winning because they're not the worst. Yeah, because yeah. no one puts them at the end of the yeah. list, but a lot of people put them in the middle of the list, um, which is why I think it's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody. Because um, I, I, it's yeah. a movie that I think Hollywood loves. I think people in the industry just love it. And yeah, it's a Hollywood movie. It's a Hollywood movie. And I've talked about with you guys before, it's a movie that basically doesn't have a director. Yeah. And people in Hollywood would like for movies not to have directors. They, it, it's true. an anti-auteur movie. So, um, so I also, I, I am going to disagree. I do think Roma's going to win. because I, I hope Roma's going to win. I don't see it as... That would be the best bet. They obviously vote. But also, like, it's a TV production. Like, you can't forget the Oscars. It's not, like, this big institutional thing. It's, it's a TV production. Mm-hmm. It's what's, what are people going to watch? What's going to get them to respect it enough to watch it next year and to tweet good things about it for the sponsors? You know what I mean? Also, try to think what my parents know exist. Because exactly. If my parents know they exist, then I'm sure it has yeah. a lot of. Yeah. I'm gonna say Roma because Roma they can pat themselves on the back for it. They could, you but I, I mean? I'm just worried that I don't think a lot of people are gonna actually watch Roma to sit down and watch a two and a half hour foreign language black and white yeah, movie. But it's sure. accessible, is the thing. It's it's you, it's on Netflix. Everybody has access to watch it. So a lot of people have seen it that usually wouldn't see it. So there's a lot of momentum of people getting like exposed to like foreign language movies because of Netflix. And so I feel like this is going to be the big victory moment of being like, ah, see, look, art house movies are back. They're getting made, folks. Even though like they've always been made, but yeah. like now they never win anymore. To be fair, I've never, well, right. I never, I haven't heard anyone talk about Roma that wasn't already really deeply in film. That is true. Exactly. Yeah, like I haven't found anyone. That's like, Damn, and check the, out Roma. the people like, that I don't normally watch those. The things. people I know that aren't deeply into it, I've had to fight to get to watch it. Like yeah. all of my, oh, yeah. I, I have a, a couple of friends who pretty much only watch Oscar nominated movies, and I really did have to fight to get them to watch Roma because yeah. again, two and a half hours black and white foreign language. Uh, for some people, it's uphill battle. For people that don't love film to yeah. that degree, right? Because even you haven't seen it yet. Because well, it's I just it's hard to find the time. And you know, it's just one of those things that you can really easily put off. And it, you know, given that it's so accessible, it's not just like oh, you got one week to see it in the theater. Yeah. You know, since it's right there, there's no it's urgency. On Netflix. It's like I can watch whatever I want. You know, <laughs> it's not going away. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. You know, like my friends have already seen it. You know. And it sucks because I love E.T. Mom and Tambi, and I think it's one of the I best movies yeah. they made. Didn't Trek go away? What was that? Didn't Trek go away from Netflix? That is true. That's true. See, nothing. Nothing is. Nothing ever. But it's a Netflix. Same. But they own the rights to it. Is the thing. Oh, you're right. So I don't think. Yeah, you're right. They wouldn't. Tell it's going to be there a while, at least. And by the time it's gone, there's going to be another movie that I have to procrastinate watching. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. What do we think has a chance other than those two? Because um, I think. I think Green Book has a definite chance. Yeah. Uh, and I think Black Panther has a chance. What about A Star is Born? Not anymore. That's the safest movie in years, I think. It's a reboot. Everybody's seen it before. Even if you haven't seen it, you've seen it. Like, you know what's going to happen. Like, I could probably give you the plot of the movie without even seeing it. I don't think you could, though. Okay, so. This, this, this is A Star is Born. This is a big so fight that we have. And Brad- <laughs> we don't have time for All right, this. So Bradley the- Cooper no. is drunk. And he's sad, and he's a musician, but nobody likes him. But then he meets Lady Gaga, and she's a struggling musician, and she's, like, insecure. She's like, oh, but people won't like me because I'm not famous. And he's like, well, I'm going to make you famous. And then everybody loves her. She's super famous. But they kind of start drifting away a little bit towards towards the end. And there's, like, some mentorship problems with Bradley Cooper, and then he has, like, an absent father figure. And then there's lots of drinking, and then he kills himself. But then she, like, lives on and succeeds. Yeah, that's kind of the movie. Yeah. So, fuck me. Damn it. <laughs> I don't think it has a chance, though. I don't think it has any chance anymore. Yeah, I mean, 
It's a really good movie, by the way. I I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites this year, but I like it. I knew nothing about the movie beforehand. Um, we're talking about Star Is Born, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I knew nothing about it. I just uh, thought it was a biopic about Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> that Which would be not, great. So, yeah, it's so far off. I would watch that. Hey, and like, I'm all for seeing Lady Gaga in more movies. She's great in it, by I don't, the way. I don't I don't she's be, the best part of it, for I, sure. I'm not. I'm definitely not shitting on her, because like, yeah. I haven't seen the movie, first of all. You should. <laughs> but if she were in more movies, I went, that, that sounds fun. You know, I hope she gets to play some, like, I want her to have her labyrinth moment. Where she's in like a really like awesome like kids movie where she's like this awful villain and she's just like super memorable. Like why wasn't she Miss Hannigan in the Annie reboot? Like something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well they're gonna reboot Annie anyway, so like There you go. You know, I hope they keep her in the running for it. Sure. Right, well, that's the that's the end of us for today. Uh, thanks Annie for watching Blue Brain three. TV. <laughs> <laughs> Annie what? Three. So, in the comment section below, discuss what race you guys think Annie should be for the Annie reboot. Because we can't go back to making a white should Annie. Should they put Transformers in this one too? You know what, guys? Yeah. I'm thinking. Let's say fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's, let's host a ball. Let's host a ball. Let's yeah. have a kiki. Let's go do it. Come on, guys. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh my god, my foot's so asleep. Oh my god. Oh, I can't move. I need a Viagra. Holy shit. Somebody get the Holy shit.